Crow Stories, life lessons, turning points, service to others, truth, no bullshit, adding value, no smoke and mirrors, being the pressure, third down and 10, win or learn, always the underdog with a chip on your shoulder. These are the things that I think about when I talk to this group. From service academy fleet leaders, NFL players, NASCAR drivers, tech gurus, private equity, small business, big business, to the entrepreneurs making the way of the future, winning at all costs with uncompromised integrity, paying the price of admission. Let's go. Okay. Um, today we got Ben and John Fay. Um, one's a Red Raider, uh, Ben, nickname Red, uh, Red Raider, uh, but John Faye, call sign is Fizzle. Did I get that right? You got it right. You got it right. All right. Brothers by Blood, 96, uh, Navy football senior and Ben, 99, Navy football senior and John, um, Today, Ben, and, and you know, forgive me for for the wacky structure of this thing, but this is the first time we've ever got two brothers together, which is really exciting. And uh, I think Mike Matthews' episode, he brought that up with him and Ben and Sam. Um, hey, you should do a brothers episode. And it wasn't just him; there were other people that said do a do a brothers episode. Uh, Horn Brothers, um, you know, and, and Clint Bruce brought it up. But today, Ben is a commercial pilot living in West Fort Worth, Texas, um, chasing kids around, doing the extracurricular activities. Uh, got a couple side hustles. One is um, hosting high school youth group. Two is occasional substitute teaching. And three is food bank volunteer. An interesting fact here is um, you did a semester at Texas Tech. I did. Right. I did. Yeah, that, um, hence the nickname. Um, John today, NFO, and currently the XO of the Blue Angels. Um, everybody's seen the, the Blue Angels every now and then. Uh, living in Pensacola, Florida. Um, doing kids sports activities, getting into the talk radio, DC politics news. Interesting fact here uh, is you previously served as the secretary for the Navy Football Brotherhood organization. Yeah, I did. Uh, and I, I see that Ben made me look bad with all his volunteer activities that, you know, I'm just. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, uh, you know, somebody's <laughs> got to take care of all these starving children out here in Parker <laughs> County. <laughs> yeah, it starts. It's going to get even better. I, I'm pretty sure this is this going to be a great episode. Uh, <laughs> both grew up in Midland, Texas. Um, I actually have a small bit of history in Midland, Texas. Uh, it's very, very short, but. Uh, been there, um, like if y'all didn't move to the Dallas Fort Worth area, which high school would you have gone to Midland Lee or <laughs> do you remember? Yeah. So the, uh, I'll answer this cause I probably spent the most time in Midland. John left, uh, right before first grade while well, we all left, but I was, I'm four years older than John. So 
I was in the fifth grade when we moved, but my dad was a high school football coach originally. And his first coaching job was at Midland High School. So Bulldogs. But we were a block from Midland Lee, which is now Legacy. Uh, so we lived closest to Lee. My godfather was the longtime trainer, Doc Dodson, in the uh, who's uh, nationally known. Um, and he was the trainer of Midland High. But we are the last three years we lived in Greenwood. So most likely we have probably been Greenwood Rangers. Gotcha. I don't know Midland that well, but I think you painted the picture well enough to let us know that it's really close line uh, between high schools. So and, a lot of football. Yeah, no doubt. Like they made a movie about it <laughs> around that That's time right. frame. So uh, yeah, awesome. Um, so group in Midland moved to uh, white settlement. It's a suburb of Fort Worth. Um, kind of around the early middle school years. Um, and then out of high school, y'all both worked in vending machine cleaning, right? Disassembly, clean it, reassemble. Um, not a family business. How'd y'all both come into that? Well, you want me to answer? Yeah. Yeah, our, uh, so it was our neighbor, sure. Tony. Uh, his name was Buck. Um, Buck had uh, had retired from, I believe it was General Dynamics. Is that right, Ben? Is it? I, I think he worked out of there. Uh, which I is don't recall. Right down the street. Um, I want to say he he you know had served in the Air Force, got in with it with General Dynamics, I believe, and then his uh, side hustle uh, was was vending machines all throughout Fort Worth, and so he had this van, this conversion van, he'd drive around, and it, you know he would just swap out like the glass globe uh in the metal part and i think ben and i could probably <laughs> I, I don't know in my mind i could probably still take it apart and you know blow it out with the compressed air and you know put one together again you know for a couple couple nickels or quarters um but we that's what we do he'd swap those things out and so uh that's how you clean out all the you know the peanut uh the skin off the peanuts or or just whatever residue was in the, the glass uh, globe there and then throw them into a dishwasher and and, and get them cleaned up and ready out out for distribution again, and that's what he did. And so it kind of became uh, probably an offer. Yes. I'm guessing Dad probably signed us up for it of you know making an honest buck. Uh, True. Uh, uh, the guy lived next door. <laughs> I mean, it couldn't have been easier, right? <laughs> yeah. So we'd go over there. We'd hear Buck's jokes and uh, and clean it out. Uh, it actually went from Ben to, uh, I think once you'll know, probably talk about it you know, when Ben kind of picked up some other summer work, uh, then our sister, Holly, uh, she's a year behind Ben, three years older than me. Uh, she did it, uh, very briefly. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I did it when I was a little, older. I think Buck fired her and said, give me the young probably. boy, you know, <laughs> load him up. You know, she's too slow. <laughs> a little bit of that. I don't know if awesome. she uh, appreciated all his jokes either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good taste. I think this is going to be awesome. Um, before we keep on talking about memories uh, of YouTube, I'm going to peel it over to a memory section that I do in all these. It just kind of started. I'm trying to keep it going, and I did get quite a few memories uh, on YouTube from a few folks. Uh, the first one is uh, one of my classmates, Nick Henderson, previous guest on the podcast. Um, 
John, you were a department head in Hawaii with Nick. He said you were a great dude. He asked me to bring you up, uh, bring up the deployment turnover in Siganella. Siganella, yeah, yeah. You know, an arduous deployment. Yeah, how'd that go in Sicily? Uh, well, Nick was kind of the party guy. Nick, Nick had, you know, he always was the social guy. So uh, I'm not specifically recalling uh, any anything in particular other than uh, Nick was always Specific. where the party was at. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he was he was in his, his J.O. tour, you know, kind of kind of learning to uh, to be the expert in the plane, which he was. And and he also was the social guy. Had a lot of fun there in uh, Waikiki, which we were based out of Hawaii. Gotcha. Uh, last memory from him is um, y'all had some good Waikiki nights with the crew. Definitely don't remember or recall anything specifically. Uh, I'm sure we were doing good volunteer work out there together. But uh, yeah, you know, Nick, uh, he's, he's basically we'll doing keep it as an open ended question. So yeah, well, you know, it's no surprise that he's doing uh, doing so well in in the in the corporate world, right? I, I think doing some uh, some talent management. Uh, you know, he was always a, a, a very good relationship guy. Yeah, probably on your uh, under your wing, he. He definitely learned a lot. So next one, Hunter Jones. Uh, this one's for another previous guest for Ben. Um, about your famous hula bowl dance um, in the end zone after rushing uh, for that final touchdown and win over Cal. Yeah, uh, we all live with some regret in our lives. And uh <laughs> You know, uh, very impromptu, I, I might add, um, but uh, nonetheless, it did happen. And uh, albeit very brief, and it has be become a life lesson for my children on things not to do when uh, you find yourself uh, in the end zone. So, you know, my, my, I always told folks after that, my dad always said, you know, son, when you get to the end zone, you need to act like you've been there. And the truth of the matter, at that point in my career, I had not been there that many times. And so excitement overtook. And uh, that was the result. Adam Horn. So here's one that has connections with both of you guys. So this is a good one. Another previous guest. And this is something else that he'd already previously mentioned uh, in his episode, but is the importance of the sponsor family, the sponsor mom. Mrs. V, um, after this, I, uh, I hope we don't flood Mrs. V with, you know, the sponsorship requests. Um, but he mentioned like how ridiculous the network is, uh, when you do that, um, and you have a sponsor family like that. So, uh, that was a good memory for him. And I'm sure you both felt the same way. Yeah, yeah, we had Mrs. V, John, and I both, and 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 uh, she was an incredible uh, sponsor mom for us. I mean, she at the time she was sponsoring four guys per class, so there were sixteen guys, and then that didn't include all the ones that she picked up from those that that brought uh, you know uh, leftover guys in, in in classes above. So at any given time, there was a probably 20 official guys that she had taken in and then everybody else that joined. And so she was incredibly instrumental in us just having any kind of sanity during our four years uh, there by the bay. 
but uh, just a special, special woman. And um, uh, yeah, uh, it, it, as big a Navy fan as you get. So nice. I need to get her yeah. on here one day because that Miss B keeps on coming up. So yeah, incredible, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, woman. I think Ben hit the nail on the head there, and you know, I just would top it. Uh, you know, put the topper on that. Of I, I think we both agree none of us would be here without her, and I'm sure the, the Horn Boys would say the same. Uh, just someone that that gave us so many life lessons that not only you know got us through hard hard times at the academy, but taught us you know to be the men that we are. Um, she she played a large part in that at a very you know impactful point in our lives. John, another thing that Adam brought up was um, y'all moved into an apartment, and that's where you met your now wife like that's right one my neighbor <laughs> yeah adam was there uh actually with he was there at one of the other uh sister squadrons in jacksonville we were flying the, uh uh my roommate and i were flying the s3 uh viking there in jacksonville and uh and adam was down for midshipman cruise and was flying with one of the other sister squadrons there and uh so we we're we we're hanging out you know together and stuff's been and spent that part of the summer uh, summertime together. And so I'm, I'm, I'm like moving in and Adam helped me, you know, at, if you don't already know it, you know, from, you know, from your conversation with him, from his podcast, which is incredible. Uh, he's just such a great dude and is always there to help a, help a buddy out. And he was doing that as a, you know, second class midshipman, uh, with, with, with this knucklehead. You know. Did we lose them last year? I think so. Yeah. You know, those blue angels, they can't get, you know, they can't, <laughs> And I'm in, in the middle of nowhere, Texas. We barely, I mean, I still have utilities above the streets. And, uh, and we have, all we have is broadband. And you're telling me he's the one in, in Pensacola that's going to lose reception. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> Who's pre-flighting this thing? You know, bring the XO of the Blue Angels on board and get this thing straight. Have we not pre-flighted this gear? Gee, many Christmas. Hey, it was it was tactical, just showing the, the resourcing needs of the Navy Flight Demonstration Squadron, not adequate Wi-Fi. You know, you keep this up, they're going to think you're working for the for the Thunderbirds. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> oh, this is, this is great. Uh, uh, this is my life, Tony. This is what I've, this is the, yeah. what I've lived with. <laughs> well... Uh, the government uh, Wi-Fi that you're working on is not working. Yes, that is correct. Whatever right. uh, whatever Bin Wi-Fi has, that Wi-Fi is working. So I, I'm probably on dial-up, Tony. But I tell you what, it's <laughs> it's rocking here in Parker County. Mm -hmm. All right, so we left off on uh, Adam Horn with the Miss V story, awesome Miss V story. Um, uh, another thing that Adam brought up was um, one of you guys took Adam in um, his second class year into Jacksonville uh, when he was on his second class cruise. Who was that that did that? That was me. Nice. Yeah. So that that was uh, that was the, the story we were discussing, just of him kind of helping out, uh, you know, helping me move in at the time when when he was a. Uh, flying there for midshipman cruise, his aviation cruise. Uh, again, just a, a solid dude. Always there looking out for uh, for his buddies, his brothers. Awesome. 
So he helped you move in? Is that what you did? Did I just hear that you enlisted midshipmen to move you in? Yeah, is that not what they're supposed to do? <laughs> oh my God. He was a sponsor brother, dude. You could do that. Man. Oh, 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 he was already the boy. Okay, I got you. Hey, we could go. He, All right. He probably. As opposed to the worst things you did to your own flesh and blood brother, huh? <laughs> That's true. I did give him a. So, Tony, get this, man. Growing up, you think the kid would lighten up a little bit, right? I, I mean, it's, it's commonplace. <laughs> to give your little bro a swirly here and there, right? Sure. So I've got him uh I've got him swirled up. The next thing I know, he's taking my toothbrush and taking a Hershey kiss to it and all that stuff and tried to make up some gross story of what he did with uh, my my toothbrush, which, you know, uh I'm sure a wrestling match ensued uh, as a result. <laughs> um I, I do got to tell you this one. This 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 is a this is a fay boy story that got us in trouble. Um, my father was out, he was probably four, four cold beers deep into a, uh, a wood chopping session and, uh, was, and John and I were jacking around in the living room and, um, he told us, he said, you know, y'all need to stop horse around. You're going to break something. Yes, sir. Yeah, we got it. Well, you know, John gets in one last whack right behind the head and he starts taking off. So I'm not going to let him go. I, I yep. jumped the 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 couch i get him i horse collar him i get him here but my momentum takes me right now keep in mind i'm 18 and he's 14. so i've got him horse collared his momentum swings me around and my fanny goes right between the two studs and the sheetrock i'm stuck he had, we're, pulls me out we're both white as ghosts have to go out and we're at attention and we said excuse us sir Father. you know and uh <laughs> Father, uh, we have something to report. <laughs> Boy, he wore our butts out. I'm 18 and he's 14. We're still getting licks from our dad. He so. was already he was already working the yard too. It was not a day to mess with him. No, it was not a good good day. But uh, we yeah, that's a Thanksgiving one for for the uh, ages. Yeah, funny how that works. Uh, yeah, it's kind of like where the flag comes out. Uh, that's it. It's not the first one. It's the second one. That's right. Uh, great story. Um, lastly, Adam Horn says, uh, you know, maybe football looking out, taking care of us uh, when he was traveling that second class year. Um, he said your dad made the best steaks. <laughs> they were baller steaks. Yeah, he uh, he would come to Mrs. V's. Uh, they would come there and they, you know, they'd roll up to like, uh, God, what was it? Growls? Isn't that the place that had the, the little meat market there? I think they'd go there and they'd get, yeah. you know, these thick cut steaks and, uh, he, he would, uh, he'd be out there by the grill and, and he's, he was equally working the crowd as much as he was working the grill. And he, he and Scooter McKissick would, would buy the whole deal and they'd have them cut up in, uh, Newt McKissick's uh, dad, who they, they played ball at TCU together. So they'd come and they'd buy the big old beef and have them cut in a, a quart or, or a uh, inch thick steaks. And, uh, so go ahead, John. Yeah. So he, he, he'd be working it and he'd, he'd say, you know, hand rub. It's all about the, you know, the hand rub and he'd be putting butter. They would go through, gosh, about like three pounds of butter on these steaks just, and you know, the grill would just be like on fire at the end of it. And, uh, of course, uh, he also was was smart enough that he would wait until everyone was just starving and had just enough drinks in them. That of course it was the absolute best steak uh, in the world, in which they really they, they were were good. So they were starving. 
But yeah, that's it. So he drew it out a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah oh yeah. Nice. Cool. All right. Um, really want to get into the stories. I got one last memory. Um, a, a few of them out of this guy, Clint Bruce, uh, another previous podcast guest, uh, Ben, your uh, co-captain senior year. Uh, here's what he said. He said, we knew Ben was going to be our leader when he fought a D lineman during practice on plebe year. You know, I don't recall that, you know, he brings it up all the time and, uh, I'll just roll with it that that happened. <laughs> um, I, I might've had some moments of pure frustration that I may have acted out and, uh, don't recollect, uh, those practices. Now my plebe year, I was ineligible. So, there was a lot of fresh uh, frustration already having transferred from Texas tech, unlike today where you've got the transfer portal and, you know, are under four games, you're redshirted at the, at the time, if you transferred, you're ineligible for a year. So my plea year, I'm, you know, I'm just a, 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 a scout team, you know, getting whipped and all that. So I'm going against, you know, all these, uh, tough 94 dudes. Um, and they, they, they were some, tough suckers man and and uh some awesome dudes but uh i have no doubts that there was probably a situation or two that that uh allowed for some uh, minor aggression maybe minor in your head but major in action because the action later on was great um i'll keep going um after that, Clint was like, um, he said in his mind, like, what do you got to do to get kicked out of Texas Tech and Cincinnati? Check. Yeah. After yeah. that action. So. Yeah. 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 I don't, you know, that's, uh, I'm, I'm glad that I went to Navy. I met my wife uh, in Annapolis and that would have never happened. Uh, that being said, who leaves like 13,000 you know, girls and of, of West Texas to go up to, uh, you know, a mostly boys military school. I don't know. Uh, I did. Um, so that tells you how much intellect I have, but, uh, 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 to have the teammates I had and the brothers that we now have, that might be the only reason I'd do it again. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, his last comment on that was this dude's gonna fit right in based off of those actions. So <laughs> he also had some hesitation unleashing monster hits on John, <laughs> not because of Ben. Uh, he thought, you know, he, he thought that Ben, uh, probably wanted that to happen. Wanted to rock you. Uh, but more so he didn't want mama bear, uh, to get mad at him, uh, that he was scared of Sue. Faye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I met Clint when Clint came in uh, to uh, what was that? Pray, I pray Christmas, right, Ben? Uh, when he was there, right before he left. Yeah, we we drove we drove back home a couple times together. Yeah. So, um, probably one of those. Yeah, I, it, so it was pretty cool to to have those to have you know Big Brother home and uh, you know some 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 great dudes, Keith Galloway, Clint, you know Clint Bruce, and all. Uh, some, some good news to, for, you know, for an impressionable guy like me at the time to, uh, to, to be kind of watching, observing and all, but, uh, but yeah, Clint, I, uh, I think I made the mistake of, 
making a joke about him going Navy Wales or something. And uh, again, he proceeded to chase me around the, the living room, much like when Ben's rear went through the wall. And I, I, I think he probably ultimately got me. And he definitely got me a few times in, in practice when I was a, a scout teamer uh, as a plebe uh, his senior year. So. <laughs> Nice. You know, I, I I think we prepared John enough pretty well growing up to take some hits because I, I when 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 I was in high school, uh, well maybe maybe middle school, John was probably fifth grade, so I was probably a freshman. We would dress John up in in all all padded gear, and we would tell him that if he couldn't block punts, he'd never be able to play football. And we'd say, "Hike," and we'd time it up just perfectly for him to come in and we kick that ball and boom, boom, man, he'd just take it right in the face every time. So, um, we, uh, yeah, we prepared him pretty well to take, to take a shot or two. Uh, <laughs> a couple goal line stands in there. He may have gone over the top, you know, there you go. Here's your son. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, that's the, that's the last of the memories that I got, guys. Um, normally, I would, you know, for me, I normally just say, hey, tell me your story, but I got two of you. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how to break it down. Uh, and I think the best way to do that is in phases. So we're going to talk about six things. Uh, the first phase is early life and family. The second phase is high school years. The third, college life, Navy football. Fourth, transition to post-college career. Uh, and then fifth, current life, future plans. Sixth, reflection and advice. And that's what I'm most looking forward to uh, because that's what I get out of this. But let's start off with, I'm going to open it up to you guys together. Tell me about uh, your early life and family because um, – I can tell big time family uh, values. Tell me your story. Go ahead, John. Man, growing up, um, I, I just think we've, we've been really blessed. We've been blessed with a great family through and through, um, you know, um, hardworking, compassionate, just all loving mother, uh, you know, same with, uh, you know, father that was very big on, you know, kind of representing the family. I think that that was part of the reason he was tough on us growing up, but uh, that also kept us in line as we became young adults and, you know, uh, able to make our own decisions that, you know, with kind of the, the framework um, of that character that, that they instilled in us. We just, I, you know, really just had a great upbringing, uh, a, a, you know, we've been, I would just leave it at being just truly blessed. Nice. Yeah. I, I think that, um, you know, both sets of our, both my mom's parents and my dad's parents were married for over 60 years each. You know, that doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. And so, true. you know, it, you know, my dad uh, grew up with knowing that, you know, you just stay married. And so he's done that. Uh, they're, you know, probably approaching 55 years at this point. So, you know, they've, they've, I, I often joke, I think that, you know, divorce was probably never something that uh, was ever 
something that they would consider murder. They might consider murdering each other, but maybe maybe you know, divorce was certainly going to be out of the out of the equation. And so that um, you know they yeah not not that everything was always peachy, but it was certainly you know they've they've continued that standard for for their kids. And so um, you know a lot. So how does that happen? Well, church is involved, values are involved, and 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 the family name means something. So. I think all along the line, and, and honestly, I'm, some of my fond memories were of my dad coaching because, you know, you got to uh, kind of see him around other athletes and also be around kids that were older and got to look up to athletes and students and see how he interacted with them. And one day you would be be that guy. So pretty, pretty neat. I, I, my, my mom and dad are all highly respected from former students that they both had mom being a teacher. Yeah. Without you having met him, Tony, I would, you know, almost like categorize him like dad's just the social guy. Like he's just very, keeps everything real light joking. Uh, and our, our mom just, you know, just super loving and just, you know, very proud of her kids. Um, and you know you can imagine as a teacher just how she how she taught and all you know dad as a as a coach just everyone adored him as well because he was uh fun and humorous and our and our sister she's she's done a great job raising three kids and 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 she's you know she's followed in our parents' footsteps to being a, a, a super successful teacher as well so um yeah. you know they were instrumental in that awesome I can relate. My mom was a teacher as well. Um, by the time I remember in my early years, she was uh, like a teacher and then she went somewhere else. And then all of a sudden she became a, a doctor in uh, phys or physical education, um, childhood development and education. Um, super devoted to, to the education uh, thing. Um, so I can relate there with your mom as a teacher and your dad as a coach. So uh, that that's a good story. Um, let's keep moving. On to high school years. Uh, I say high school years, but like really after the move from Midland to Dallas-Fort Worth, how'd they go? Well, it was good. I, we, we came to Fort Worth. My dad and mom both went to TCU. So after 10 years or 11 years being in Midland, uh, they were kind of coming home. My mom's from San Antonio originally, but dad had played at Arlington Heights locally and then had gone to TCU. So his parents were here. So it was nice to kind of be around them and Nanny and Poppy. So we got to see them quite often. And then they got to enjoy our you know kids' games and uh, things that we were doing uh, during those next eight years for me and, and like 12 for John and, and 10, you know, 11 for Holly. But, uh, you know, coming back, dad started, he, he had gotten into the oil business. That, that's what had brought him back. Um, you know, one thing I'll say about my dad kind of touching back, you know, one thing I always respected about him and my mother is, you know, he, he's, he knew George W. Bush in Midland. They, they actually had, kind of office around the same area around the oil and gas stuff. But, you know, my dad had always treated uh, him uh, no different than he did the, the, the janitor at the school. And that, that was something that I've all, and both with equal respect, right? I mean, he, he 
they were always he was always extremely friendly to to, to both uh there was really no difference there and um but that that was pretty cool what what'd your dad do in the oil field like he was just a land well he was a land man so he did you know leases gotcha. yeah yeah so and I, then I he did became a, i did a year and a half in the in the oil field so i started doing all the research yeah. on the oil field so i understand what yeah. a land man is so yeah he would do all the record research do some leases he was in on some wells and we never you know i say we because we were part of the family we never were you know building a mansion as a result of hitting the big one but but he he had he was hired by a guy named hampton hodges to uh run buffton oil and gas and and so he was the president of buffton oil and gas from 84 to 86 i believe and uh that was a tough couple of years there in the oil and gas industry. And so he had elected at that time to get back into coaching. Uh, and, and with a longtime friend, Benny Davis, who had used, who was a, uh, head coach out at Midland Lee in the seventies. And so we, they reunited, um, in Fort Worth back in 86 as coaches. And that's how we got to kind of grow up underneath dad as a coach during that time. Yeah. And, and Tony, on that, just to kind of add a little color commentary to that, like our, our father, like he's he's just I don't know if you've ever read the book uh, Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, but, you know, and it, he talks about like connectors. Um, I, I kind of think of my dad as like a connector. You know, he's always he has a conversation with you within it. He's going to ask you, well, where'd you go to high school? And then, you know, you'll tell him where you went to high school and he'll be like, oh, the you know, he'll name off whatever high school and he'll know your mascot. And he's going to say, oh, do you know all the. You know, and I'm as a kid, I'm always thinking like, God, Dad, come on, there's no way, whatever. And sure enough, he would hear that connection, and he yeah. would know somebody, and he's just always been like that. And and so you know, as Ben pointed out, kind of the 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 George you know W Bush connection, like that's him. He he made that connection, and that led to you know several other things. You know, with where, where you know President Bush ultimately governor to President Bush and all. Um, just that ability to kind of connect people and, and play that role, but he just genuinely loves it. And that's, that's just who he is. Nice. Well, that's a good story. Um, especially for me personally, because I, I lived the oil field life for a year and a half and I learned a lot with that. Um, but when oil goes down, you got to find a new job. So I have yep. to. It's tough because I wasn't at the top of the food chain on that one. Um, anything else about the high school years? Well, uh, I would just say that we went to an awesome high school, uh, pretty diverse. We had a great football coaching staff. Uh, football, like most schools in Texas, were uh, extremely highlighted, uh, you know, amongst other things. But uh, awesome teachers at, at Brewer High School. And uh, really impressed, really, with the academics that that, that school uh, provided for a public school near General Dynamics and near Carswell Air Force at the, at the time. So, you know, we, we, we did all the sports. We did church. We did the things that most everybody did and, and went from there. Nice. All right, let's keep going. Uh, from there, you go to from high school. You go to the college life and football. Uh, 
maybe not Texas Tech high school football or college football. You go to Navy football. Um, where do y'all remember about that journey in your path? Uh, well, I'm sure I can, we can keep this open forever. Just keep going back and forth. Go ahead, John. You want, uh, I mean, I think simply just to kind of go from the high school piece, you know, you go from high school and again, yeah, Brewer was a great school, uh, a great, you know, big enough part of the city to be from, but not in the city kind of thing. Uh, you're, you're kind of the, the big duck little pond, you know, <laughs> that's what stands out to me at least because, you know, at, at our so, high school it was, you know, you, you strove to be the best at whatever, you know, everything there and, uh, you know, ideally leave kind of being a, a leader there and, um, top of your game. And then for me, at least, you know, going at you know 18 years old, being at the Naval Academy, um, you realize that the world's pretty big and there's a lot of really talented people out there. There's smart people out there. There's people that have, you know, there's good dudes. Um, it, it teaches you to grow up uh, a little quicker, I think, uh, or, or at least you have to grow up, uh, in order to succeed there. Uh, and I'm just, you know, not knowing anything else, not knowing the, you know, the challenges or the benefits of going to a, a public school like Texas tech or something. Um, you know, I, it just, it was a perfect time in my life to go through that. And I'm, you know, thankful for all those experiences, but that's what stands out to me just to, to answer your question is how, um, how quickly you realize that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of talent out there and you have to work even harder. I'm joking on the Texas tech comment just because of the, uh, Polanco situation that I knew of beforehand. So yeah. Uh, yeah, similar deal. Stick him in, in the ribs a little bit. Also, another sponsor yeah. brother. Another, another, yeah, another V boy. Sponsor brother. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. Good yeah. story. I'm gonna get him on here yeah. soon. So. Yeah, he'd be you good. You have a lot of Wimberley, Texas. A lot of episodes with uh, yeah. the Navy Brotherhood for sure. Brothers in the Brotherhood. Nice. So, from where yeah. I'm from in, in Central Texas, Wimberley, Texas was our district rival every year. <laughs> I'll be. They always whipped our ass. Yeah, they're good. Until, we're, we're good. Uh, until you showed up. That's that's damn skip. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, though, Wimberley was always the powerhouse. They were always the cocky guys. Uh, so I always like bringing that up when it, when I get the opportunity to bring that up because um, I really don't like cocky, arrogant, really good performers. I like, I like really good, humble performers. So, yep. And that's a big part of y'all's story. So I'll shut up and y'all keep going. Well, so I, I went to Texas Tech originally. Now, I, what, what's interesting is in December of 91, I went to a, a blue chip, which is a, a dinner here in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And they, they bring about 50 to 100 candidates in to listen to typically the superintendent talk at a dinner at the, in a, in the, usually at a Dallas, you know, place, country club or something like that. And then I have a dinner and you get to listen to a guest speaker, usually Clint, actually Clint Bruce speaks pretty much every year and he wows the crowd. I mean, if you've ever heard Clint speak publicly, um, he is incredibly good. Uh, he it is inversely proportional to his Calc three, uh, grades at Navy. So, uh, he, he's exceptional, but he, uh, at that blue chip dinner in 91, I listened to Roger Staubach get up and speak, which we were always going to be 
impressed with him. We knew who he was. However, I listened to a guy named Tom Lynch, Rear Admiral Tom Lynch speak, uh, who just so happened to be uh, the captain of of the team back in 62 or 3, I can't remember what year, but, you know, and, and then superintendent of the Naval Academy. I was blown away by this guy, just really impressed. Now, fast forward two months, I had decided to go ahead and uh, sign with Texas Tech for football, but that dinner left an incredible impression on me. And and at the, at the time, I'd sat down at a table with a guy uh, eating dinner and a little Q&A with a guy named Jeff Johnson, who was a 1984 grad who was the captain of the 83 team. And Jeff was from Ohio, and we had family from Ohio and some some interesting connections there. But I'll never forget Tom Lynch and Jeff Johnson from that dinner. And uh, and 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 I met Chad Hosaffel, who was later would later become a, a teammate of mine at Navy. He went to Naps when I was at Texas Tech, and we reunited at the Naval Academy. He was from Colleyville. But so anyway, going fast forward a little bit. I just always had that in the back of my mind of, I want to fly airplanes. How do I fly airplanes? You know, have I made a mistake? I'm, I'm athletically, it's, it's a great move at Texas tech. Heck I ended up being second string by the time that, that, uh, that, that fall season was coming to a close. Uh, but I just kept thinking, man, if I passed something up that I should have, uh, looked at. And so over the course of that Christmas break in 92, yeah, it was 92. I told my dad, I said, Hey, I think, I think I'm going to stake. I want to, I, I want to fly airplanes. I think I should reinvestigate getting up to Navy. And so we made some calls. It was tough. Had to leave Spike Dykes, which was probably the toughest thing that I'd ever done at, at the time. And I went through the application process again, got an appointment. And the next six months, you know, six months later, found myself getting my head shaved and uh, going through plebe summer. So, uh, quite the transition from Texas Tech football to Navy football, but uh, and a guy named Greg Briner was the offensive coordinator, and uh, Greg uh, was going to throw the ball around. He he had started to do that, and uh, we had we were pretty fired up about the way that he was going to sling the ball around. So he he's the one that coined me Red Raider uh, from Texas Tech there, and still still. Stay in touch with uh, Coach Briner. He was a good one. He is a good one. And awesome. uh, so that was the path to Navy. Awesome. Good story. How about you, John? Well, it's, what's funny is I remember that uh, when Ben came home from Christmas, because, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, eight, you know, I'm what, a freshman at the time now. So big brother's off at college. Got to see him play at Texas Tech where, heck, dude, was it TCU where you were red. You were the plan was, yeah. was going to be redshirted, and uh, at TCU, and Tech's quarterback goes down, and like Ben's on the sideline warming up, um, and we we thought he's going to go in and end up losing his redshirt. But when he came home from Christmas with uh, the idea of you know talking to, I remember talking to my dad. Uh, I just remember how my dad like was just like white as a ghost, like it's you know just just couldn't. He, he couldn't fathom it. Uh, so much was on his mind. I remember distinctly remember going, we went to uh, Joe T. Garcia's uh, Mexican restaurant and uh, as a family, probably had uh, some other family members in town and we're driving, you know, kind of caravan through and dad just blows right through a red light and we almost get T-boned 
and it's just his mind was on other things because you know ben <laughs> had just dropped this bomb on him and i think he was just thinking like what are we going to do and how, how do we pull this off and let's see we went shoot like a month later our, uh, uh, our uncle uh, my dad's brother uh, had, had a private plane that he could you know he flew and he flew us up to annapolis i just kind of got to go along to you know for the experience but uh Benos. How do you have a private plane? Uh, he's uh, loved flying, uh, you know, had, had private pilot license and all, and, you know, enjoyed it. And uh, we went up the eastern gotcha. seaboard during a blizzard. <laughs> and uh, it, was in a, it was in a Comanche, yeah. I think, wasn't it? It was like a Comanche. So it took us forever. A long time. But uh, I was yeah. thinking private jet. No, sorry. No. How, okay. So tell me more about that. It story. was about, oh my gosh, I don't even know how long the flight. I mean, we were probably in the plane for 10. 12 hours um and, and it ended up being a blizzard. yeah my uncle's the one well, to do that it, though yeah it's, it's better than driving right yeah so, and, that, and that's kind of yeah, where we I, I mean part of the love for flying early on kind of kind of began with that i mean our, our grandfather that their their father before uh had had a bonanza uh as well that was one of my questions so you just yeah, answered it but uh <laughs> yeah i'll tell you what if you don't shut the door on a Comanche in the middle of a blizzard on your way leaving uh, Maryland, it gets really cold in the back of that plane. Uh, as our dad, who does not like flying, uh, and he's up in the front, he didn't shut the door all the way, and there was just no way to get that latch to close when we were airborne. I remember freezing our butts off uh, there. But uh, that was that was a cool trip. That was kind of my first exposure that I never knew about the Naval Academy. I'm sure Ben would say the same thing. Like Without being recruited there, none of us had ever heard of it. Being from Dallas-Fort Worth, I remember being familiar with like what West Point was, not really knowing what it was. I thought Army Navy was a bunch of Army dudes playing a bunch of Navy dudes every year. And I probably knew about the Air Force Academy only because my grandparents went up there uh, every summer or every, you know, every other summer on the, with the motorhome trip. And they'd bring home like a, a little pocket knife or something for me or some postcards or whatever. So that was about the extent. <laughs> Would you say the same, Ben? Like not. Yeah, I mean, I, I I had a trip as a senior, so I got to see Annapolis before, and I and I'll never forget uh, Coach Hartman brought me in on the, you know, as you enter Annapolis, if you come off the East Side Hill, the scenic view, you know, uh, right there by the bay, right before you cross the bridge, that was my first view of the Naval Academy. You know, it wasn't like it's like it, I mean, it's amazing from, how they planned it, right? From A to B, airport to base. Um, that's not the route we took on the, that's right. Trip. Yeah. That's right. You got it. That's right. But it was impressionable. And, and, uh, and, in the lights were, you know, of course this is in February when I went. So, you know, it was, it, you know, it was in the dark ages. And so, you know, it was probably four 30 when I got there, but it was already dark, but it was all lit up. And I thought, man, this is, this is it. This is incredible. These are where all the studs go to school and, you know, uh, this this is you know this is the place to be and that always kind of stuck in my my brain and then fast forward a year later you know with john coming up on the on the trip uh we did not enter the same way we went through you know gate one and and we're asking you know for help to find that you know rickets or you know whatever it was at the time so <laughs> Uh, ran into Brian Grana at Halsey Fieldhouse here, a teammate yeah, of ours. That's another, yeah. another guy I'm, I'm yeah. trying to get on here. So, yeah, awesome, awesome guy. Yep, he was. He, Grana was a 
tight end for us. And, uh, and then, you know, once we ran the triple option, all our tight ends uh, ended up converting to tackles. But, um, anyway, it was a, it was a cool memory of revisiting Navy. Awesome. Um, quick question that just popped into my mind was like one year it was a recruiting receiving environment that was great. And then all of a sudden it changed. Remember what that change was? You mean, you mean that from, from official visit to going up there with John? I guess so. I, I was thinking, um, the official visit to in one way versus official visit in a different way. Yeah, I think, I think just that, I think the cut Well, so the official visit was when I was in high school, you know, I took a recruiting trip up there. And so naturally the coaches knew, you know, how to, what entry to, to present Navy when you first see it. And, you know, we ate at the chart house uh, at the time. So the recruiting dinner was, you know, mud pie and all you can eat big t-bone steaks and all that and then yeah, and rim. uh that was that's what it was prime rim and uh Short it was else. huge incredible so and at the time we did not stay at lowe's i think it probably tony when you were there i think they ended up staying there at the end or, or at the lowe's hotel maybe but uh we always um you know stayed with a a, a senior or junior or whatever and 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 that typically ended up at a spot some sponsor's house because we weren't gonna you know uh be a drag Go like everybody home. else yeah. that's right yeah so we probably i know i stayed at uh the the uh guys sponsors place that happened to have a, a a place on the water and i just thought man oh this is great man everybody's got a place on the water with a boat cool <laughs> yeah yeah. And then John and I went up there and now we're, you know, we're, we're at the hotel with uncle Roger and dad at probably the days in or something. So <laughs> a little different experience. Yeah. I stayed in third wing. I didn't get a recruiting trip. <laughs> I stayed with there. Go. They're like, yeah, come visit your brother. So yeah. thanks. Yeah. My recruiting trip, uh, ended up at the, uh, I think it was Sheraton. So we stayed nice. nice. Um, got to do the night out, but at the end of the day, got dropped off at the Sheraton. So, <laughs> all right. I'm trying to figure out where we left off. High school years, did the college life football. Um, now we're on to transition. Coming out of the academy, are we ready for that? Or do you have any reserved uh, rounds there that you want to talk about before we get into transition to post college careers? Well, I kind of knew what I wanted to do, um, thus leaving Texas Tech. I wanted to, I wanted to fly airplanes, and I didn't know how else to go about doing that. You know, now being an airline pilot, I realized that there's probably there were probably options that I could have investigated even at Texas Tech. But I'm glad, in hindsight, that I didn't know those options. But I pretty much knew. Now, like most midshipmen and most teammates you know you go through different cycles of either wanting to be in the supply corps or engineering or want to be a seal or you want to be on subs or you want to be nuke slow or you know you want to be marine uh and and i probably hit all those phases at one point within those four years but when it was all came down 
flying was still what I want. I was passionate about doing. And so that, and, and I was lucky. Our class was lucky. Uh, the, the class ahead of us, uh, uh, was fortunate as well. One, we had flying spots. Not everybody always had flying spots, but, but certainly the four years that I was there, uh, there were flying spots to be had. And my last two years, we had gone to a, a more holistic approach with regards to service selection. So it wasn't just order of merit, right? Uh, Clint Bruce, I'm sure I have no doubts. Uh, Beef Drexler, uh, the list goes on. M Mike Enner was one of my roommates. Billy Gallagher, uh, all, all these SEALs that were teammates or, or in my class, probably if it was just off of order of merit, uh, would not have been spec, you know, war. But the fact that they did this approach, this whole approach, put the right people in the right job, and uh, and so I'm thankful. I'm very thankful for that. And I think Tom Lynch had a lot to do with that that transition. Um, so for me, you know, service selection when it all came down to it, uh, I wanted to fly airplanes, and and it that worked out for me. You know, I thought I wanted to go be an engineer and be smart. And then I, then I met, like John was alluding to, you know, I met really smart people and I was not one of them. And so my major changed yeah. in order to help, help my options uh, to, to choose aviation. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think for me, just the, the, the journey, uh, you know, again, going from like a high school to, to costing, I was fortunate to to kind of follow Ben, the 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 lead that Ben set, that my sister Holly set. Um, I had a good brother and good sister to kind of follow suit. <laughs> um, you know, I remember my parents tell a story of uh, one time I'm at the dinner table and Ben's getting, you know, getting lectured on on something that that he did, and you know he's he's kind of getting you know getting read the right act and and it's, getting the business. Yeah, she's getting the business too, and. And I'm, I'm, they just look over at me and I'm bawling and they're like, well, John, why, why are you crying? And I'm just thought, you know, I thought I was next. <laughs> yeah, I thought I, I thought I had, uh, it was, it was my end. Uh, and they're like, you didn't do anything wrong. So, so, so Ben had your back. <laughs> he had you covered. He, yeah. he screwed up enough. That, A few yeah, times. He took it. That, no, I, in all honesty. Um, and I think that you probably find that at least a couple of the podcasts that I've, I've listened to, uh, especially, you know, Chatlos and all the Chatlos brothers. Um, you know, that's, we're pretty lucky as the younger siblings to kind of see an older sibling go through that. Uh, like I said, I had a brother and sister that just kind of showed what right looked like and I was able to sort of just follow along. So I did that and going to the Academy, I too wanted to, uh, you know, I, you know, went in playing football, I, you know, probably had to work really hard just to have a slot on the team, but, uh, able to do that and going through, I, I knew I wanted to fly as well, but I feel like my story is a little bit of, uh, you know, timing, uh, timing does matter too. And, uh, a little bit of luck, uh, and those kinds of things. And, and the timing for me just didn't unfortunately work out for a pilot selection. I was the last class to graduate without PRK or LASIK and I was 2030 in my left eye. And so they said, cool, you're going to go do this mm -hmm. Naval flight officer thing. And I thought, wait, what? Like I've been 2020 all throughout and, uh, went and did it. And, um, you know, I, you know, the story continues on. I don't know if you want me to continue there, but, uh, no, I can add on to yeah. it though because I got PRK and I wanted to uh, try the pilot test. I didn't get it. 
Uh, so if I could substitute my PRK for your success, and um, I would have substituted that, but uh, just a yeah, fun story. Um, we hit the transition, current life, future plans. Current life, future plans. Go ahead, John. <laughs> Well, I'm a, I'm still active duty. I'm a, I'm going on. This will be uh, just 23 years this month. Um, and I think in my Twilight tour, I'm I'm the executive officer with the uh, with the Blue Angels. It's uh, it's busy, uh, but it's it's an awesome job. A lot of a lot of hard days, but I've yet to have a bad one. And it's, it's all just because I get to be surrounded by incredible people. Um, I I feel like. It reminds me of the Navy Football Brotherhood in terms of the quality of just good people that want to do well, that are go-getters. Uh, I get to do that kind of in a in a Navy and Marine Corps unit, and it's pretty awesome. Um, you know, we we go out and do loop-de-loops and, and wear tight flight suits, but there's you know there's more to it. The, the public outreach part is pretty awesome. To uh, you know, you get to go and and hopefully make some kids day, especially when that, that kid might be dealing with cancer or, you know, something. And um, we've had kids on hospice terminal, make a wish, those kinds of things. And you realize that like, you're not only, you know, making a memory that you'll remember, but you're making a memory for that kid and, and for their family. And that's incredibly meaningful. Um, and that's not, you know, not lost on us. So it's, it's a, it, it, an honor and I'm just humble to be able to go and do it here for you know two short years and it flies by but um try not to lose sight of that in the grind uh, of the day that it that can be but um it's fun it's busy like i said uh 270 days almost on the road last year so uh you talk about like the the sacrifice for family you know my my wife and kids uh, are are part of that they're they're sacrificing yeah, and not not eating carbs. Don't forget yeah. that you're not allowed to, to carbs, fit right? in your so suit. Suits. That's a that's definite. <laughs> Keto is a thing. It's helpful, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. I'm also uh, I'm partially terrified, but partially excited as well for for the next steps, the next next career after this. But uh, I don't know. I don't I don't want the Blue Angel thing to define me. I I, I kind of try and use it to refine me. So I hope it's making me better better for it i like what you had to say about i don't want the blue angel thing to define me i want it to refine me that's you ben yeah i i um well i'm i'm been an airline pilot since 06 so i'm in my almost 17th year and uh I, I finished up in the reserves here in fort worth flying c40s with the navy so i did almost 10 years active uh, flying airplanes, and then I finished up ten years reserve, and so uh, part of that is was both as a military pilot and a commercial airline pilot. And uh, in that, we we've got three kids. My wife Jean and I have three kids, and she was a good Navy wife and is a good Navy wife, and moved around and gave up her. She actually had her private pilot license before I ever had an hour. So I we had a mutual interest. More or less, well, she continues to, right? Uh, uh, not just in aviation, but um, I'm learning every day. But the, um, you know, she she gave up a lot of her dreams to kind of chase me uh, around or be with me through through all the Navy moves, and especially those first however many, eight to 10 years. And we've got three kids now. I have two in college, one 
my oldest just left Michigan State after two years. He's he's a football kid, and so he's going to go join the Oklahoma Sooners as a tight end. So he's going to you know, have I a couple in, years. I lived in Oklahoma for a while, so um, the traditions there are good. Uh, it's yeah. just a matter of, like, yeah. I guess, the backing, right? So. <laughs> it's He, he is uh, – so – I spent three years at Tinker Air Force Base, so I was right. He was born in Edmond, so it's coming full circle. Uh, love the football staff that's there, and um, excited for his opportunities. And then my daughter, she was a pole vaulter of all things, and now she is at Davidson College. She had a, a back injury, so she's given that up. She's studying, and she'll be a junior uh, this fall. And uh, it, uh, that's after she gets through organic chemistry this summer, which I'm sure is everybody's favorite subject. But um, so she'll she'll be a junior at Davidson, um, home of Steph Curry, if, if anybody's wondering where Davidson College is. And then I've got a rising senior who's he's my big boy. He's he's uh, my defense alignment, offensive tackle, and he is a uh, go getter. He's he just he finished third in state and shot put for his division last last week and so he's a meat eater and and a, and a go-getter in fact um dare i mention that they barely lost to wimberley last fall that gummit mm -hmm. so we've got him this fall i'll have to give you the report we'll see how that goes but <laughs> they played it uh there in at, at baylor last fall and he had a really really good game against them but uh, we'll see how that goes this this year um, so other than chasing kids and activities, you know, I'd like to say that I substitute teach on occasion just because, you know, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. But the truth of the matter is I want to know who's who in the zoo with the students up at school. So I end up putting myself in the middle of it all. Uh, and, and, and I, you know, I enjoy watching their activities and, and my wife, she subs uh, quite a bit. And so that's we're active with our church. We've enjoyed that uh, piece. And, um, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, trying to uh, enjoy life with the kids as long as we have it. And then, you know, this next chapter will be empty nest. So we'll see what happens there. Nice. That's an awesome story. Um, I could relate to a lot of things you were saying just because, like, the Texas, the Oklahoma. I'm not going to, like, continue <laughs> to take up airtime because uh, I want to keep hearing more about you guys um i've got one other piece that i want to ask you guys and it's about reflection and advice but before i do that is there anything else within your careers i didn't touch on all your jobs i didn't touch on uh, a lot of things that you you know mentioned in your forward but i want to give you the opportunity to say hey, this was impactful to me and my career and my family. What were the biggest impactful moments in your life that you want to share with this group? Well, for me, what comes to mind is my plan is not always God's plan. And, and those blessings, a lot of times we don't realize are blessings until they're hindsight and you know when i went when i went to navy 
we were throwing the ball around and and by the time my sophomore year had finished up we were getting a new coach and i just knew that the the quarterback that was graduating was going to be gone and we were going to hire tom o'brien a navy grad a, a fellow brother football uh you know brother uh, uh from from days old was going to be the head coach and i just knew that it was my turn and we hired a guy named charlie weatherby who was going to run the triple option with a guy named paul johnson and all i could think of was i ran the veer in high school and that's going to be a challenge <laughs> so um but you know, and we and in, in, in my freshman year we had eleven quarterbacks. You know, so how in the world uh, was this going to happen? And you know, lo and behold, you know, you fast forward, things work out um, the way that they're supposed to. And 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 that staff was awesome. I, I got off the phone with Paul Johnson two weeks ago after two hours of talking. We could have still been on the phone. So, you know, I think, <clears throat> and and whether it's you know, uh, so y'all's you, you talked to Paul Johnson. I did. I did. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Mm -hmm. Good. Well, I'm really yeah. interested because most of the conversations that I've seen are not good. So, oh, with Paul? Yeah. I, he was one of my favorites. I've always, I, 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 and you know what's crazy is I was not a starter, you know, for Paul for much of my career. You know, I mean, there was a handful of games I got to start, but Chris McCoy was our, our go to guy. And, and, um, you know, Paul was always uh, pretty honest with things, but it True. didn't mean that he didn't love you uh, any differently, you know? So, yeah. um, and, and you know, his, it, it, how time flies by, his little girl was two years old when they got to Navy. Now, you know, she's married and, and, and the incredible opera singer, uh, opera singer. So, you know, um, it, it's, uh, you know, I think those blessings you look back on, you go, wow, you know, God really did have a plan, and and uh, I was caught up in what I wanted to do instead of trusting in Him, and and that goes with my family and and jobs. I, you know, that's what I would tell my brother. Uh, you know, I'd say, John, God already knows what you're going to do. He's already got a plan. He's already got a hope, and you know, uh, for for your future. There's you you don't need to lose sleep over it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, Tony, like you know. I mean, what a, a great segue! Uh, heard on a couple of these podcasts, you know, you, you've y'all talked a lot uh, 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 about the coaching transitions and all. And man, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, that was one of those things that Charlie Weatherby probably repeated every day. Wouldn't you say, Ben? I mean, or I know the plans yeah. I have for yeah. you, says the Lord. You know, he he would say that every day, and that was it was so so right. Um, something that you know that needed to be echoed throughout there, and and you know, for all the faults of of the those kind of years uh, with, with the coaching staff and just our, our record uh, at that time uh, that it was again, the right thing that was needed at, at our point uh, in our life uh, at, at, at the time um, kind of what Ben's saying. Um, I, I think that that's another, you know, tribute to, to our parents of kind of this things work out best for those that make the, best out of the way things work out, you know, whatever the John Wooden quote is. Um, I, I, I've kind of always admired Ben's ability to, to kind of see that. Uh, I think growing up, I thought he always sort of had, it, it all worked out, but um, the older I got, the more 
I realized it was just that kind of outlook, that mentality of, all right, cool. Let's just make the, let's make it the best out of what we got. And, uh, that's kind of what I've, I've learned. That's sort of my takeaway. Uh, you know, in the, in the blue angels, we have a, a saying that we end every debrief with, with it's called glad to be here. You know, that's how you, that's, the, that's kind of the affirming statement that you say. And it's not just about that. You're glad, you know, to be in this space or anything like that. It's about everything that's taking you to that point so far in life, whether it be setbacks or, you know, obstacles that you've had to overcome. Um, it's, it's being glad to be here for everything that led you to where you are and everything that's to come beyond it. Uh, and it, it's pretty powerful because you're, you're, you're accepting the fact of, of what got you there and then kind of taking that outlook forward. No doubt. Glad to be here. What is your biggest takeaway from the blue angels experience that makes you glad to be here? Cause I know it's like, bam, 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 bam. Uh, constant. What, what, cause, cause people, I mean, it's, it's, everything's about people. It's, it's people that got you there. It's people that make it happen. I mean, don't get me wrong. We got an crazy, you know, incredible pilots that work incredibly hard uh, and, and hone us, you know, a, a very unique skill set. But in the end, people are what it's 143 of us that make it happen. Um, and it's it's much bigger because all we are is we're just a big bunch of dummies that go out and get to represent all the things that the, the fleet are doing. You know, someone around the world is landing on a carrier at night. That's that's what we're supposed to be showcasing is the, the, all the stuff that your Navy and Marine Corps are out doing. So it's all about people. Um, I wouldn't be where I am without the people in my life. Uh, it's, it's relationships and, you know, that's, that's the heart of everything. So out of the 143 people, um, when you make your rounds, when you talk to people, who's that one person you go to every day? Oh goodness. There's not, there's not one single person because we're, we are a very flat organization. Um, uh, and not a whole lot of, there's not a lot of depth in it. You know, if one person goes down and say, you got a demo pilot goes down, you don't have a backup for them. Understood. And, and it's like, that. who's your most valuable person? If they were going to leave tomorrow, you'd be like, Oh no. Shoot. Uh, you know what? I need to make sure I say thank you to this person. Well, who's uh, I would say on our enlisted, we have a, uh, we have a flight deck coordinator we call front man or front ma'am depending on who it is okay and it's an e6 and they are running it i mean they're they're basically the uh they're they're the coordinator for everything that's happening out on the flight line and they're running the logistics for the detachment and it's an e6 <laughs> and you know manifest for shows nalo scheduling just making sure that the that all the ants are scurry you know they're, they're scattered about making the show happen upon arrival on a Thursday. And then when we pack up and leave on a Sunday, it's a, it's front man or front man that's directing it. And it's a, it's a key billet. And who would have thought, you know, that, awesome. you know, the, this world-class flight demonstration team. And this, there's this E6 that's kind of the linchpin of it all making it happen. That's pretty indicative of our Navy and Marine Corps, right? Yeah. That's how it works. Right. So good stuff. Make sure you uh, tell that person. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely uh, i'm sure you already are <laughs> every day <laughs> yeah you know, awesome all right um so we covered current life events future plans um 
anything else there that you guys want to talk about on current life, future plans before I get into reflection and advice? Um, I, I, th I think with future plans for me, there's, there's a lot of unknown and I'm okay with that. And I'm not sure had I not gone to Navy that, uh, I, you know, I've got a ton of friends who've never left Texas and I'm, I'm extremely comfortable in doing so. Although my folks might not like to hear that. Um, I would have been one of them if I didn't go to Navy. So, Yeah. And I think that 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 opportunity really broadens your horizons, and True. you know. So for future plans, I, I don't know, but I, I'm I'm not intimidated, and I'm excited. And I may not go anywhere. I may stay in the same county here in Texas, but you know, I've 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 got two kids in college, and both went out of state, and I and I see the value in. And John's you know oldest daughter went out of state, so um, I, I think we both recognize the value and, and don't get me wrong we love texas right we're texans and uh and and we hold that true but uh we know that there's a lot out there and uh so as far as the future goes and and holds i don't know we're up for an adventure yeah i think uh future uh yeah it's been mentioned me my daughter uh, is playing uh, volleyball at oklahoma christian she's also a rising junior same as ben's daughter uh you know, you're you're in the military, at least, you know, your kids get used to kind of going around and they, they can meet new people and integrate pretty quickly. Um, but what I think what I'm uh, optimistic about, and this is someone who's getting ready to get out of the military, out of that kind of safety net and jump into it, you know, in a, a civilian field. And who knows what I'm going to go do. But uh, I love I love the connection that we have. Uh, I love what the academy has brought us in terms of having friends from all four corners of the country. Um, a, a huge network, a network within a network that is Navy football brotherhood and, and what that's grown out to you, huge props to all the Navy football, you know, committee folks that are, that are making it better. Uh, you know, especially Frank Shank, who's, you know, the godfather of it all. I mean, just what an incredible job that we, that he's done, uh, to, to get us with a, a letterman's association, which by the way, was largely the brainchild of, of, of Ben and Clint and those guys kind of getting together again and saying, Hey, we, th this is something bigger than us. And we've got to find a way to celebrate it and stay connected because there's something special here. We are a brotherhood. Uh, you know, they're the ones that, you know, kind of got that going. I think Ben started on MySpace though, or something like that it was a total fail, but no, Clint did. Yeah. Clint did. It was yeah. uh, not the guys you want, you know, doing your social media kind of outreach. But but no. Frank has, has taken that idea that <laughs> no kid, those guys, not the guys you want yeah. to like tell tell the tale, but exactly yeah. the guys that you want to make action. Yeah, they they had the big thoughts. We we were idea big, guys. Yeah, they got ideas. <laughs> I think Clint writes songs. He always says, you know, when he speaks, when he speaks. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, they. Nice. They, they got that thing going. And I mean, what a beautiful, uh, you know, just the, the way that it's developed. It's, it's phenomenal. Uh, I, Blue Angels have an alumni network and, and, and Navy football brotherhood is a lot newer than that. And, and it's, it's running as smoothly, if not better. It's, it's, it's awesome. All right. I gotta, I gotta ask you both, um, you know, drilling down on the reflection and advice, um, over your past X amount of years, uh, and this is what this podcast is about is, Hey, I go back to this time in my life and I had this problem. I figured it out and I learned this. 
what kind of advice would you offer um, today going through today's current events with the whole, you know, world and say, hey, young buck, I learned this. I want to tell you about it. And what would that be? I, I think, and you know, maybe looking back, what what you know, advice maybe I'd give, whatever. Uh, I think character matters. You know, character counts. There's a return on character. Uh, fortunate that I think our parents instilled that in us, and uh, I, I think it, it just matters. Uh, that's what I've seen with with our group, with us, is is men and women of character. And, uh, you know, you can't do anything that you, once, once you, you know, have a fault in that, you can't take it back. So, uh, you have to protect it and, and it, and it takes work. It's part of that price of admission, right? Yeah. You, you ever think you've compromised that character? I think, I mean, I, you know, again, being an 18 year old at the Naval Academy, you're immature and young and kind of, you know, dumb. Um, I don't think, I don't, it, it's hard to say. I, there's things I obviously would have changed, but I, I don't have a ton of regrets. Uh, at least none that's, that stand out that uh, really significant in my mind that like I really screwed up and wish I could take that back. I think those that, fortunately, those mistakes that I made, um, again, kind of help refine me or help. I learned from them. They're, they're learnable, teachable mistakes, right? They're not, uh, mistakes that were significant consequence, you know? Good story. How about you, Ben? Well, I would, I would piggyback on character matters. I think John talked about it beforehand too, is that, you know, people matter. Um, and, you know, I look back on at, at Navy football, I don't care if you were scout team for four years or uh, a, a four-year starter like Clint, um, you were part of the team and you had every bit to do with any success we ever had um, from from scout team starter all four years to, to Clint. And, and as a team, that's unique. I don't think any any other team in the nation, maybe, maybe army, uh, maybe, I don't think maybe so. air, <laughs> I don't know, but you know, we, we had that. I'm sorry. I'm biased, uh, but keep going. Yeah. Well, I just think that in generationally, I think we have had that. And I think it's, we, we, and, and I would venture to say they've got that today at Navy. Um, yeah, for and, sure. uh, and it, it, it's, it's, you know, we, it, it could be 25 years since I've seen a teammate and it's like yesterday we pick right back up. And, and I know that's the way it is for you, Tony. I know that's the way it is for John. I know it's for, for any teammate. And, and, and so that's incredible. So I think people matter, character matter. I also think truth matters, yes. you know, in this world we've gotten around, we've gotten, you know, John may be a little more restricted in, <laughs> in, in some ways with his job on what, but I will tell you, truth matters, man. And so, you know the number the, one, the, the way most important. Yeah, truth matters, and you know I, I'm I'm a believer uh, in Jesus. I, I'm a church 
you know, a goer. And I and, and look, I fall short every day. Do I have missteps in my character? Yes, every day, every day. And I'm thankful that I have a savior that forgives me and I can go to that's paid the price for that. And, um, you know, it, it, scripturally, you know, it, 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 you know, Peter and, and then the apostle said, you know, consider it great joy when uh, you are persecuted, you know, or he, Jesus said, you know, the world hated me first. And so we are to expect persecution if we're if we're living for real truth. And so in a way, I kind of think of, man, there were a lot of tough times at Navy. I mean, I had transferred. I mean, I was stuck. <laughs> You know, had I had the opportunity to transfer out again to go to Texas Tech, maybe I would have done that. I don't know, but I was stuck. And then, uh, you then know? get into the Navy and you get in a fight and everybody accepts you. So. Hey, you know, that's it's the way it goes, man. So, you know, it's uh, it, and, and I have no doubts that we were probably uh, drinking cold beer, you know, a year later or whenever it was illegal to do so uh, uh, after that. But, um, you know what? It, it's, um, those tough times are what we end up, you know, jawing about at reunions or Phil Emery's conditioning, you know, like, oh my gosh, just, you know, we called him Satan, you know, our strength coach, you just punish us. But we, you know, I mean, 90% of our stories have to do with those workouts <laughs> and just the grind that, I mean, it, it, what do we, you played what, 12 games, you know, in a season, if you were lucky, sometimes 11. And, you know, there's just not that that's not a whole lot of interaction for a lifetime of stories. But the, the grind and the practice and the times when John got knocked out by Creshawn or whoever it was, you know, those are the times too many talk stories. about too many of those. Um, yeah. And, 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 and those are the fun, th or, you know, the locker room antics are, uh, you know, that that's when. Uh, the you know the, just the memories and 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 a lot of that involved hardship. I mean, look, there's it sucks being three and eight. Been there, done it, right? Um, and and I know that we've had teams that are tougher than that, where the whole brigade's betting against you, right? I mean, that's tough, man. But um, some great stories about teammates and just the the friendship, the brotherhood. That, I mean, that's that that that's. In, Th those are irreplaceable and no other I'm here to tell you and I've had a son at Michigan State I've got one going to OU there is no other organization in America that will give you that satisfaction 10 years five years whatever it is where guys are going out they're serving their country they're doing you know uh, big time things for our country at a young age uh, with the bond and the responsibility that they they have, and it's it's unique, and they're doing it without a transfer portal and NIL bull and all the other distractions and selfish things that are associated with college football. You had a good uh, comment there. I want to dive into it. Is uh, um, they will not give you the satisfaction, the fine yeah. satisfaction. Well, I, you know, I don't know if you truly achieve satisfaction. I, if I were to meet up with my teammates at a reunion, I come away from that exhausted and wholly loved, <laughs> right? 
Yeah, but you all talk about the same thing. Um, uh, and you all talk uh, about the satisfaction. Yeah. Right? And, what, and, what and, and talk about? feeling you feel fulfilled, you know, uh, 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 you've, you, you felt, um, I think with each other, the bond, the brotherhood, um, in a sense, it's not the purpose, but it certainly gives, uh, makes you feel purposeful yes. and, and not everybody has that. Some just go to college and exist and they, they have their experience, but, uh, having a meaningful and purposeful Purpose uh, experience. That's yeah. right. That's right. I'm, I'm reminded of, I, you know, I'm not many, not good at many things, but I have a pretty good memory. I, I guess that might be my only talent. And, um, you know, kind of a, a shout out to a couple people within our, within the brotherhood. But, um, I recall in 2002 when, uh, one of our brothers, Matt Shoops, to, passed away in a, an aviation mishap, uh, October, 2002. And I remember Scott Strasmeyer writing on, God, it must have been, it must have just been in an email chain or something going around. Cause it's probably too early for social media or anything like that. But, you know, he quoted again, John Wooten on, you know, success is the peace of mind that you've done the best with which you're capable. And, and he was specifically saying that with regards to, to, to Matt and in terms of how hard Matt worked, uh, both on the field, but just what a great duty was. And, his kind of lasting memory was Matt on the sideline um, after doing a flyover of the Naval Academy, a Navy football game in his F-18 Hornet, you know, uh, or Super Hornet, um, you know, just like that, 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 that's how he'll always remember him. Um, and so that quote sticks awesome. in my mind a lot because I, I think back to that. I ran into his, uh, his brother, Tim, more than a few times. Yeah. Tim's classmate of mine. I do, so. He was a four-year letterman kicker for us. Stud. Yeah, I need to get Tim on here one day. So text him uh, tomorrow and tell him he, need, he needs to get on here. So Yeah. All right. Uh, I think I've totally encompassed your stories. Uh, unless you got one other thing to share, and I'll keep on moving. So. Uh, I, I do. I, I mean, you know, I, I am glad to be here, but uh, I also wouldn't be here without uh, without my brother. You know, we talk about what's the price of admission and all. And, you, you know, a large part of that is various sacrifices and all. Um, we're approaching the two year date from when uh, our father was uh, having some some medical issues. And uh, and like Ben does, he just stepped up and Ben gave 70 percent of his liver. Uh, to to our father and it saved him um and and they're both luckily healthy now and and doing well i mean my, my, i don't know how well ben's doing i mean kind of heard him talk i was trying to lose weight <laughs> i was trying to lose weight uh, <laughs> he's being he he's being funny there but and, and humble as well as he always does but uh, no kidding uh our family is is still doing as well as we are because of, of him doing that. And that's just, that's the type of people we have. Um, I have as a brother, but we have in this brotherhood it's pretty special. What I'm picking up on is themes of sacrifice, service to others, resilience, mindset, growth, um, huge example of that in this story. Um, Ben, 
two years ago, you gave 70% of your liver to your dad. To well, it was 68. It was 68. 68. All right. Um, <laughs> Actually, let me 2%. figure that out. It was, it was really uh, whatever, 97 minus uh, whatever would be to 68. I got, you know, hoorah, 97. <laughs> it's huge. Sacrifice. Um, when I say service to others, I'm thinking like, okay, you know, serve others. But that's like sacrifice for others. And huge representation of what Navy football stands for. But at the same time, on a personal level for you, I can't um, try to figure that out. But I uh, just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, we do it. Crazy. We do it. I mean, you know, modern medicine's awesome. Um, you know, it, it's, um, thanks for the kind remarks, John. I appreciate it. I've waited fi almost 50 years to hear you say something. Yeah. Well, all these memories you brought back, if you ever asked me for, for any of my, <laughs> no, love you, brother. I appreciate it. Um, uh, you know, I, Tony, we, we'd all do it. I mean, it, it really, I, I really do believe that, you know, um, that, that that's every teammate I've, I've, I've got goes, you know, they put others, others before themselves. They always have. And the kids that are there, the, the young men that are on the team now, if they want any success at all, they're going to put others before themselves, you know, and they're going to fight like hell to be the best that uh, they can be for their brother. And it's not the selfish ambitions of those that are that, that we're witnessing at other programs and th and that's how they're going to succeed is they're going to they're going to fight like True. anything for the guy next to them. be so. a pioneer right that's it not a follower yeah. a pioneer yeah, that's a good from. point yeah and you got to learn to get get on you know be comfortable being uncomfortable you know I, I think you know on the strength of one leak in, in a cable you know that, that's the the successful teams are just that like you're not you're not going to be the one that that fails, for, you know, for the the brother next to you. True. Awesome. Uh, did you two guys have like a, a favorite mentor? Could be anybody that helped you along the way. Well, I had. I mean, I would say I had a, a, a few of them. Um, I, I had influential young life leaders in high school um, that, that provided a spiritual component for me. I, I had upperclassmen at Navy that, that certainly set fine examples. Um, but Jeff Johnson being a 1983 captain of that football team an 84 grad, he ended up being a, a airline pilot. And, um, he, he was somebody that I looked up to cause I knew he'd knock, you know, he had stories of knocking the crap out of people when he was playing at Navy. He was just a big, tough dude. And is, so he was about, you, you know, he was, you know, he was 12, 13 years ahead of me. And, uh, you know, I always felt like a lineman trapped in a quarterback's body anyway. So, uh, you know, I like those lines. He ran like that. Uh, he was, yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. The lineman. That's true. Here, right. So. Yeah. John's just saying that cause he was the speedster in the family, but you're, you're right. I, I, <laughs> I, I was not the fastest. Um, but, Jeff Johnson, I would say, would would prob probably come to mind because I, I ended up calling him when it was time to transfer, and and, and to this day, um, you know, from from a career and uh, 
you know, family standpoint, he, he, he's somebody that, that, uh, is in our active in our brotherhood. You know, I think he's on the, uh, one of the foundation, uh, groups and, and still a, a huge proponent for Navy and Navy that's, football. But you, John, biggest and mentor. that's a, you know, I, I, I had the luxury of, again, being the younger brother here. So I, I say for starters, you know, I kind of, I got to look up to my brother and and, uh, and all his you know classmates, but that was in high school and, and college and, and beyond. Uh, so uh, you know, upperclassmen, all, all those guys, those guys were all my heroes, sort of growing up. Um, but the, you know, grandfathers, uh, and and of course, you know, my father. I'm going to say my father because I got to get on his good side because Ben already gave his liver, so uh, I'm going to win. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Um, biggest thing for me, I, I think my hardest thing, the reason this has always been a hard question for me is I never felt I had a one mentor because I could, I, I could always find a fault and, and I was always looking for perfection. But the truth of the matter is, you know, perfect men don't exist, but great ones do. Um, and so I think all those ones that I mentioned are all great men, you know, that I've had in my life. But, um, I think a running theme of, of this story uh, for sure is, is our father. Uh, you know, um, he, he was always something, someone that we could look up to go to for advice and, and kind of, um, you know, help, help when we needed it and, and be the kind of man that we, we, we should be. I, I, I truly believe that. All right. I only got a couple more questions before we close this thing out. Cause I know we're getting close to an hour and 30 minutes. So I apologize for that. Go quicker, but you guys have got some awesome content. Um, I caught on to the importance of the kids, the activities uh, in your lives, in in both facets, um, with what you guys are doing with your kids. Um, how's that affecting how you live, how you lead? with how you're leading your kids today? Um, I, oops, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I, I think back to what uh, my our father's father uh, called him Poppy. And his kind of philosophy was always just to make it better than than your kids had it. And I, I think that the, the Faye family, that's kind of our kind of our thesis, our mission statement. Well, give 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 him give him a, a ten second yeah. deal on how Poppy grew up. That's yeah, so uh, our dad's dad, uh, Poppy, grew up in the in the Great Depression, and his father, his father was older, um, and and he died when he was what like six or seven. And he was no, he was ten months old. Uh, my grandfather was ten months old when his dad died. So, he, his, his my great grandfather was sixty three actually 64 years old when he died. So he had a 10 month old at 64 way to go. Born right. in the civil war. Nice. Yeah. 1860. Hmm. So his, his father dies and he's just kind of ends up being a little bit of a hellion, uh, for too much for his mom to, you know, to kind of rein in and with the great depression going on. Well, well you know what the good news story is here in this situation is, we're all kind of like that. Yeah. So. yeah. He had a little bit of yeah. a wild. I think he set yeah. a, he set the record for a, a well-boned paddle, you know, getting the most whippings. Uh, uh, he, he was raised by the Masonic home. Um, it, at seven wild. years old, at seven years old, he was dropped. He was, his mother took him to the boys Masonic home in Pennsylvania. 
for a tour of the boy's home, dropped him off and, and left him. And now, you know, she would visit once a month, but you know, she just couldn't afford to, to, to keep him at home. So at seven years old, he would, he would have told you I joined the military. So he still, you know, he, he passed away a couple of years ago, but he said he could still see those taillights driving off. So as a seven year old, that's, that's tough. Right. Yeah. Um, but no excuses. He was a no excuse kind of fella. He ended up, you know, being a World War II. I'm, and I'm hijacking the story, John, but he, he ends up, you know, uh, joining the World War II uh, campaign and ends up uh, as a flight engineer and, and does his service and then worked for General Dynamics for 26 years, thus Fort Worth, Texas. So uh, pretty amazing. Yeah, sounds like we all need to stop complaining about whatever it is that's on our mind uh, compared mm-hmm. to that story. So, mm-hmm. yeah. two more questions, guys. First one is: Is there anything that you're going through today that's a current struggle, current opportunity, uh, something that you're working through that you want to share? Oh man. <laughs> But you know what, I'm going to, uh, Tony, I'm going to touch base real quick on the, on that last question that you talked about with kids and sports and all that, because I think it's important. And, th- and maybe that's, maybe that kind of parlays into that very question. And I think, I think our world uh, it, of which I've been guilty of has a performance problem. Like yes. we idolize performance, right? over character, over truth, over relationship, we idolize performance. And that's difficult. What pressure we're putting on our kids to be the best at everything, right? And I did it I did it talking about my youngest, you know, uh, having a chance at, at shot put. But but the reality is we are conditioned especially where we where I live. Uh, where football, high school football and sports and state championships and Texas and all, all the things involved, man, I mean, performance is, is, is how you're, you know, rated. It's how you're judged. And let me tell you something, I hate to admit this and it's hard for me to admit it, but I lost a four, I lost four years in a row to army football with a total of 10 points. I never beat army. And you talk about a tough, tough pill to swallow. Um, I've not, since I I GA'd in 1997, and that was the only Army game that I've gone to where we won. It's the last one I've been to. And so, you know, even my own faults are, you know, kind of tough with the whole performance thing. And we've got to get past that. We've got to look at character. We've got to look at truth. We've got to, we've got to, you know, look at people first rather than the performance. And I think the performance will come when we really dive into people. Right. Um, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm competitive as anything. I want my kids to be competitive. I want them to fight and, and, and win. And I want them to be the best at everything, but that's not me the pumped epitome. Up. Right. It's like that, a locker room not, speech right here. That's what man. <laughs> It's, it's, it's about taking care of your teammate. It's about taking care of us. All those things are so, so uh, important. And then, and then the performance is a result of all those, those things that are uh, properly aligned. 
And so, you know, I think that's the struggle is, is our kids uh, today are, uh, they, their image, what their social image looks like, all the pressures associated with that is, is what they're being told is who they are. And it's so much more than that. So teaching our kids to make phone calls, teaching our kids to look, you know, people in the eye and shake their hand, you know, firmly and, and to have meaningful conversations amongst friends is a chore. And then, and then, oh, by the way, have we done enough now that they've gone to college? And then, Oh, by the way, have I treated my spouse well enough so that our relationship isn't just built upon, you know, the, our kids' activities? Right. Those are the that'll challenges. Set, that'll that, set a good example for your kids to yeah, try. That's right. Letter. Right. Um, no, no, I hear you. I, I, I've actually been thinking about it a lot. That those same concepts, and I'm torn in totally, probably some different directions on on how to make it work but i think it all comes back to you know um, looking up <laughs> and absolutely yeah um yeah you know andy thompson andrew thompson drew thompson 1995 football captain strong safety four-year letterman uh another even though one year apart incredible mentor of mine he uh, is raising three kids and you talk about a dude that has family work balance mastered. And I said, he, he would argue that he's got it mastered, but that dude is not afraid to say, you know what? It's Sunday. We're going to church and we're not going to do the club sport on Sunday. I'm like, Whoa, like, really? That's, that's incredible. Cause that pressure, even from the school is that, you know, you've got to be involved in those things or else. And, and he's, and he is a master at putting his faith where his faith needs to be, you know, and, 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 and you talk about sending a signal to his family on what's priority. I mean, there's no, there's no stronger signal. And, uh, man, that's, that's inspirational to me. Uh, and cause I can look back on many a weekends we're playing the 12th baseball game in three days and I'm thinking, what are we doing? You know? <laughs> All right, let's dive straight into it. What's your price of admission? Hit it, Blue Angel. Oh, man, I wanted to I wanted to follow you and just <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna piggyback or dovetail or whatever we can say. Um, man, I, I mean, I, I feel like we've hit on a couple, you know, some a, a couple good things, but. Um, Shoot, I, I I go back to you know characters what matters, and it's the it's your ability to you know to hold true to that to, to who you are. Um, I say a little bit of that, and you know, someone I think in the little kind of questionnaire deal that we filled out, um, I've found myself to be pretty average in a lot of things, and um, if I've ever been you know successful at anything you know personally, it, it, it a lot of times it's just uh through kind of applying myself and some, some hard work. It takes hard work to, uh, you know, to, to, you know, to, to break through, uh, and things. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just think that character and hard work, that's what matters. That's what gets you through it. Get you, get you to it. That's the price of admission. Yes. I think, 
it's it's a it's a couple things and i kind of go back to the if you're not feeling persecuted then are you living how you need to be living and um you know because there's a there's a there's a price for uh standing for truth and uh there's a price for standing uh for your teammate there's a there's a price for going to the naval academy uh where you're going to do more than the average individual uh you're away from home there's a there's a huge price there's a huge sacrifice uh to embrace accept overcome in order to have the brotherhood to have your class ring to have the alumni status and 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 so for me it's understanding it's the sacrifice from family it's the sacrifice you know of, of teammates that would give their lives for our country those relations you're you're going to have incredible relationships with teammates and classmates that are going to die in combat and training whatever it is and 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 that doesn't happen in a whole lot of places but yet maybe the only reason i would go back to do it all over again are, are for those relationships and and experiences with those individuals yeah and so to, to, so the price of admission for me is knowing that and it's it's tough there's going to be hard times there's going to be sacrifice but in the end you're going to have something that so few people will have been able to experience and it's going to be worth it nice awesome <clears throat> so this is my wrap up number one thank you um key takeaways for me i got a lot um sacrifice service to others resilience mindset growth and i got some tie-ins here and i wrote down one two three four five six seven different tie-ins that i was going to bring up and i could have but there's here's the two that pop out to me uh one is how do you how do you define success um sowing the seeds that benefit others by john maxwell and then the last one for me um these podcasts are a way of training uh learning through asking questions um my brain's built in a way that like that i have to ask questions to learn things so i think today i've learned a lot uh, so thank you thank you thank you man. tony learned a lot hey, you're awesome guys. dude thanks for thanks for doing this yeah this is good i think oh. like you had said you know this is this is how you learn you learn you know iron sharpens iron and uh 
your podcast is a real winner in that regard. A lot of good stuff out there. Awesome. Anything else I want um, before I, well, I'm just going to do it now. Tell your spouses, thank you for the time you had tonight to talk to me because I know how that goes. Um, they're your rock. Uh, keep leading them. Keep appreciating them. And thank you. You're awesome, dude. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. And let, and we're, cool, guys. We're going to beat the hell out of Wimberley this fall. <laughs> it was straight. <laughs> All right, brother. Take care. See you, John. All right. See you, bro.